Lord, just before the, uh, uh, the kids go and the teachers go, uh, I want to give you uh, two words that I felt the Lord uh, spoke into my spirit this morning, and you, you judge and see how it fits for you. Number one is direction. God says you gotta, you got to make a decision on direction. See, no wind blows in favor of a ship that has no direction. And even if the wind is, you know, is not favorable, you know, through a, 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 a good captain of a ship, you know what I mean, can use the wind to their advantage to be able to get it to go in the same direction. So it's very important that, you know, you make a decision in your life, you know, in given areas, direction. James says that don't let a double-minded man think that he'll receive any good thing from the Lord. So make a decision and, you know what I mean, and, and trust God to go ahead and, you know, help you navigate it and uh, 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 he'll take your hand, you know, and all of a sudden what you will find <clears throat> is you will find wind blowing in your favor and in your direction, all right? So, I mean, decisions happen all the time, but there are major decisions that, that really, you know, uh, will affect our future. Not only our future, they affect ourselves, they affect people around us. Uh, uh, you know, it's the, the, the ripple effect is, can be very large. So direction, direction. If you've been, you know, at some crossroads and you need to uh, you make a determination, I think that, you know, God is uh, uh, saying, you know, I've, I have given them enough light in it so you can go ahead and make that decision. Number two, <coughs> And I'll keep telling you this, but he said it in this way, that there's miracles coming down your road. There's miracles coming down your road. Now, I don't know what kind of miracle you, you need. I'm finding that I recognize miracles, you know what I mean, on a daily basis, on a, on a regular basis, uh, because I don't take anything for granted anymore. I don't just say, this is, this is routine, this is normal. Uh, no. Uh, the blessing might be so regular that it's normal, but it's still, you know, a miracle. It's still a miracle. But I believe that that there are not only just small miracles, but I believe that there's m- big miracles. In other words, you know, without a miracle, it's gonna remain just like it's been for 30 years. You know, the woman had had it for 38 years, actually, you know. But when she encountered Jesus, you know, the rest of her life was changed because of a miracle that that took place on a given day. And so it's those kind of miracles, I believe, that God is, you know, is, is trying to nurture your heart and your faith and your expectation uh, with regard is that, you know, if he doesn't do a miracle, he understands this. If he doesn't do a miracle for you, you know, that life is in trouble. That path, that, that event, whatever, it's, you know, it needs a miracle. And God understands that. And so, because he's no respecter of persons, uh, you know. So, anyway... I'm not going to ask you to stand. I'm just going to let the kids go. All right? Kids, teachers, go to your classes. Have fun. Let's give the kids a praise. Would you do that today?
Hallelujah. <clears throat> Amen. How many think that praising the Lord's okay? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Great are you, Lord. Praising the Lord and, and just, you know, lifting him up and uh, uh, let your praise be heard. Yeah, it actually says that. It says, let your praise be heard. Oh, anybody hear you? Yeah. <laughs> did, the, did the someone next to you, could they hear your praise? Now, I don't think he's saying that so God can hear your praise. You don't have to be as loud as me or, you know, or anything like that. And I'm not going to tell you what your volume levels should be. But somebody needs to hear about your praise. Whether it's church and whether it's thank you, Jesus, or whatever, or an event that has happened in your life, you know what I mean? And you want to tell somebody about it. You want to give them, you want to, you know, make it known. Listen, something happened. That's praise. Somebody needs to hear, you know, what God has done from your lips. They'll identify with that, you know, probably more readily than if you tell them a Bible story. Hello, church. I mean, don't get me wrong. I believe in the scriptures. I believe in the records that, that, are, that are happened there. And that's where we, we start. But when you start telling someone your personal story, see, that's what Paul did, Saul, you know, did when, when before Agrippa. What did he start with? He just started with his story. You know what's happened to me? One day I was just going down 35W. And in the process of going down 35W, a great light shined and it was so bright I had to pull over to the side of the road and stop. And the conversation began to take place. It was strange to me at first. I didn't understand who it could be or what it could be all about, but I knew it was somebody bigger than me, so I called him Lord. <laughs> who are you, Lord? I'm Jesus. God wants everybody to have an encounter with Jesus Christ because he is your ticket. Church, Jesus Christ is your ticket. To life, eternity, to health. I mean, get him in your boat, man. <laughs> Father, we thank you. We bless the people. We bless this day and this occasion. We know you already have blessed it, ordained the blessing, but we speak a special word with regard to mothers this morning. You have authorized honoring. And so, Lord, we participate in that today. So much beyond words and events, God could not even begin to measure up or fill the void in relationship to the wonderfulness of mothers in our lives. And so I'm asking today that the mothers, this will be one of the most beautiful days and times
God, we're asking you to go beyond our words. We're asking you to engage the Holy Spirit in behalf of our words and our thoughts in our hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen? Jesus said that, that, that or the scripture says that he sent Jesus to bless us. And, and so, you know, uh, we're to bless and not curse. So, you know what I mean? I'm just not going to curse you. I'm just going to bless you. You know what I mean? I, I just don't want to get in trouble. You know, uh, of, uh, uh, and I want, I want my future. I want to pave my future. Because, you know, if I give mercy, I, I get it back. It's, it's just that, that sowing and reaping. And it is part of, of, of him who lives in us. You know, that we can't help but bless. But this is, this is a, a, just a, such a special day, and there's a number of things that God has put on my heart that I hope will, will bless you. I don't want it to just be information or a bunch of words put together. Uh, uh, but it's, it's quite simple from my standpoint uh, as, a, uh, as an individual, but sometimes very difficult because... You know, my heart gets so touched when I talk about either mother or fathers. Um, I will, you know, can tell you today that that uh, that it was mothers. Number one, I have a you know, my mother is gone, but you know, just nobody like her. Just as there's nobody like your mother in in your life, but the influence that that she. Uh, had and, and how we miss her even today. And as I look over my, you know, uh, years, just uh, as young as this little guy right here, and as I grew up in the church, I can tell you that it was mothers. It was mothers that, you know, I remember of having the most profound and impact and how much I cherished that. You say, well, pastor, was there any men? Yes, there was men. Uh, there, there are a number of men that I could relate to you. And number one was, would be my father, uh, obviously. Uh, but as I look over my life, it may not be so in your life, but it was the mothers in the church. It was the mothers in the church. It was the mothers that I sat in the Sunday school rooms with, you know? It was the mothers that that just were so tender and so endearing. It was the mothers that would shake their finger, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and say, you get it right, you know? And, and, and a, there's something about, you know, uh, a true mother, they're, they, they're not offensive. They're not offensive, you know what I mean? They, they, they have an anointing and, uh, uh, that, is, uh, uh, that we all need in our, our, our lives. Amen? Really is. And so, mother and motherhood is, first and foremost, is a statement about her nature and not the head count of her children. Let me say it again. It is first and foremost about her nature, not the head count of, of her children. There are some that give birth and 
raise children, but they're, they never mother. And then there are others who mother all their life and have never given birth to a child. Motherhood is such an essential part of life. Life here on, on earth. <coughs> Fact is, we will notice that Eve was called the mother of all living years before she had any children. So it's not the head count as much as it is the nature of a person and the individual, a word that has been carefully chosen and it's, it's rich with meaning after meaning. Something so powerful, her role and our honor regarding her is that it is the first one, think about this, the first deed that you can do that carries promise. It's an option. You don't have to do it, but it's an option for you, but it's a good option. Do you know that the first commandment, thou shalt love the Lord thy God, and the second commandment, thy neighbor as thyself, does not come with promise. I'm not saying there's not benefits from it, but it does not specifically come with promise. Honoring your father and your mother comes with, is one with the first promise, and it really affects your life. The Old Testament says that, that it might go well with you. You can have better days if you will really attribute great worth to the mothers. Definitely, number one, the mothers, the mother who has given you birth, the mother who has expended her life on your behalf. Me, I had my birth mother, but then I've had those mothers in the church, those spiritual mothers that I recognize today, and I, you know, give them great, great worth. I don't think that we want to let the honor of mothers cease at the grave. In other words, I'm not saying that we do not, not bringing them up on a daily basis, but we exemplify them in our life. To honor is more than just, you know, words. It is life and living. It is love and loving. Oh. A most important day and tribute. Not just as a day, but we should have a day because that's how God has brought these things to our attention. It should be part of every day, but so important that God placed it first. You're 
future depends on honor of your parents. The uniqueness of mothers is kind of like this. Because it says, honor your father and your mother. He says, my son, hear the instruction of your father and do not forsake the law of your mother. So putting it this way, it seems that the father gives direction while the mother massages them into the child's understanding. Father gives directives and the mother begins to massage them into the child's understanding. Now, I can attest to that personally. I'm not saying that roles do not cross over, etc. But uh, God help my kids if it wasn't for their mother. I'm a good director. I'm not a good massager. You should get it. Huh? It's clear as a bell. Shouldn't be a problem. I said it. Yeah, that's the way it is. But the development of it, get it into into their lives is is a wonderful gift of mothers. Every mother is like a Moses. Would you hear these truths this morning? She's like a Moses. She does not enter the promised land. She's preparing children for a world that she, by and large, never sees. That's right. You've got to be able to see the future. Identifying the seeds of the present, which are going to become the trees of tomorrow. And so she does it with vision. She does it, you know, with tenderness and anticipation. And oh, thank God for mothers. However, mothers do have a downside to them. I hope you haven't jumped to conclusions on my next statement here. But one day, uh, this is what I'm referring to, and I've watched it. One day, a frazzled mother sent her little boy to bed. As she was listening at the door, she heard him grumbling to himself. How come it is every time she gets tired, I'm the one who ends up having to take a nap? <laughs> right? <laughs> any, any mother hands going up here? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's the only, if there is, you know, in the, in the role of the, of the child is they, they see that, you know. I'm not tired, Mom. <laughs> oh, anyway, but the world around you might just call you a mother. 
But to you and your family, but to your family, excuse me, you are the world. The world might just call you mother, but to your family, you are the world. Every superstar that you see on TV and as they're, you know, getting their honor, you'll always see them. Thank you, Mom. (laughs) Don't bother me because I recognize the role and the, the importance of a mother. Mothers are called wisdom. Are called wisdom. For better or for worse. Mothers are the makers of men. They're the architects of the next generation. They are the hands-on. They are the they are the they are the potter of the master's hand and the touch in the lives of the infants until they start to break away. There are many who would try to capture your interest today. They would tear you away from that high calling. They say, focus on yourself. Focus on your career. Pamper yourself. That'll be more about you. Don't buy it. Don't buy it. That's not to say that, you know, a mother can't have a fantastic vocation because they can Proverbs 31 woman is one of the most industrious, capable, you know, out into the marketplace person that there is. But in that whole thing, she has not lost her mother's touch. Because her children rise up and call her blessed and her husband also acknowledges, what would we do without Mother. It's by the mother that they learn, they love, they learn to love, they learn how to sacrifice, they learn integrity, they learn virtue, they learn about sin, they learn sympathy, compassion, they learn understanding, they learn forgiveness. So no matter what you teach, whether it's right or wrong, is planted deep within the hearts of your children. I'm glad that it it works. It works. Doesn't mean that there's not obstacles or that there's periods of time in which they seem to, you know, turn from a mother's instruction, 
Why do you think they're so unhappy? Because they remember mother's instruction. And it brings conviction and confusion <laughs> into their life. So, I want to take us to a story this morning of seven great earmarks of mothers. Seven marks of great mothers. And we'll put up on the screen there Matthew chapter 15, 21 through 28. Let me give you a background here. Jesus has left the domain and the sphere of, of, of his homeland. Political and religious pressure has driven him to seek some solitude. He's went beyond the jurisdiction at this particular time of the, the political and religious leaders that was in the framework of the Jewish leaders. And so he's tried to find some place where he could have some, what we call R&R. He wants R&R. What has, what has driven him to this point to need this rest, by and large, is ingratitude. As you divulge it and look at it, here he has went and expended himself. And he's exhausted. Because lack of gratitude. And so he's trying to get some rest. You'll find this, uh, this other portions of it in Mark chapter 7. We're reading from Matthew. But notice it says, Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Ty and Sidon. I'll read it from, and then you can just follow up there. And behold, a woman of Cana came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, send her away. She cries after us. And he answered and said, uh, I wasn't sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now he's talking to her. And she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, yes, Lord. Yet even little dogs eat the crumbles which fall from their master's table. And Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from the, that very hour. We have both a test and a teaching session going on here. How to respond sometimes to truths that seem offensive. What kind of heart we want to have. I want to start out, first of all, he said, great is your faith. Great is your faith. What is great faith? From the life of this woman. What has transpired here that he responds 
and now and commends her. Great is your faith. Let me just give you just a, a few of them that I think is here. Great faith is properly directed. Properly directed. Matthew chapter 7 says that, that she heard that he was there. And so she went ahead and took the initiative to go find him. So it's properly directed. What did she hear? There was reports that were given. And somehow that had come into her spirit and she believed. We'll see that you wouldn't go through something if somehow she hadn't believed a report. I think what she heard is somehow she had talked personally. Somebody had told her about what Jesus had done in their life. Is not that what Isaiah chapter 53 verse 1 says? Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Now notice that believing the report comes before the arm of the Lord. Not only in the passage of Scripture, but in her life. You weren't there. But you've got to believe somebody's report. When Thomas was placed with the opportunity, his first response was he didn't believe the report. He didn't believe the report. And Jesus, of course, still here on earth, and his grace and his mercy went ahead and confronted Tom's, Thomas's, you know, lack of believing report, and he came out a great believer. Praise the Lord. Going to believe the report. Are you a doubter or a believer? It will affect you tremendously. You will direct and conduct your life based upon how much you believe or what you believe. And I believe that we should prove all things. But once the proving is done, he says you need to hold fast to that which is good. After the test, there needs to be conclusions. After the investigation, the analysis should come up and point you in the the right direction. So great faith is properly directed. Great faith involves repentance. In other words, it's, it's not saying I'm worthy. It's saying I'm not worthy. Give me mercy. Give me mercy. Have mercy upon me. You see this in her whole life. Now notice what she did that he said, you've got great faith. Great faith is reverent. She said, oh Lord, 
son of David. Sovereign deity. Most high God. She's got some insight. That drove her there. Because she believed a report. Directed, you know what I mean? It's not, it's my right. It's I know that whatever I'm going to get for you, it's because of your mercy and your grace. I think it's one thing to be able to know what your inheritance is. I think it's another need to, uh, another thing to realize by whom your inheritance comes. Great faith is persistent. Persistent. She overcame all the barriers that was placed in her life. And great faith is also humble. Humble. It says she came and she worshipped him. See, true worship will always touch the heart of God. Will always touch the heart of God. In this passage of scripture, when he says, it's not good to take the children's bread and give it to the little dogs, he was saying that there is a time when it's going to come because a, a little dog means it was a d- domesticated dog. When dog was used in other passages of scripture, it was a wild dog. It was a dog that was outside, but now here he's making reference and he's saying, now, let me know that it was going to come to the Gentiles. And by her approach and by her faith, she went ahead and moved the time frame up in her own life. I love one of the favorite passages of scripture is, is the book of Habakkuk. Now, and Habakkuk says, Lord, basically, you know, I know it's not time yet, but will you go ahead and make it that time? Will you do it? Revival is... Habakkuk says, is, is coming, it's not here yet, and it seems to be down the road, but would you go ahead and start it right now? And this woman in her faith is able to move the time frame. Cornelius hasn't come yet when God broke into the Gentiles. But by her faith, and that's why what makes great faith is so important. It's one of those humilities, that worship. He had been driven away to get R&R because of ingratitude. And all of a sudden, someone shows up in his place of rest and begins to show him gratitude. 
and it moved him. It moved him. Great mothers overcome all great barriers. She overcomes the wall of inferiority of who she is. Number one, she is a woman. Now, that might not mean much to you today, but it meant a lot back then. As a woman, the culture of her day, she was restricted in the amount of authority that she had. She could not testify in court. She could not testify in court because of the level of disregard that they had for her, for women. Her status at that time was just a little bit above a slave. How many are glad that things have changed? Now, like all things, pendulum swings. She was treated more as property than she was as a wife. The lack of power in her life was that she could not even divorce in that day. Now, a husband, he could go ahead and, you know, he could divorce her if he wanted to. But her level of, you know, uh, in the in the culture was such it didn't make any difference what the situation was she was tied to it you can't get out of it and so this woman is when i say she's breaking through barriers you know she's overcoming this wall of inferiority an amazing thing you know it's easy to walk into some place and approach somebody if you're somebody. Come on. Absolutely. It's encouraging you. You don't have to cross over any, you know, barriers. In fact, as you'll probably recognize before you even get halfway through the room, you get an audience, you get some preference. Why wouldn't we? But that was not the case. There were barriers, cultural barriers. It was happening in her life. As she tried to approach Jesus, she crossed this great sea of not being known. She's a Gentile. Gentiles were kept at arm's length. They were outsiders. They, they were just put in their place. Basically, get out of the way. Foreigner. She was an enemy. She was a woman. She climbed the mountain of indifference. She is a Canaanite. She's not just a woman, she's a Canaanite. 
which means that she's a reprobate. She's a reprobate. I. But she had a need. She had a need for her daughter. The love of a mother. Get out of the way. <laughs> How many know that? I, I, I'm sure, you, you know, husbands, you, you probably know this better than anything, and I think kids, we, we kind of pick up on it, but, but, you know, you can push mom so far. But when she makes that mother stand... Napoleon's army will retreat, let me tell you. <laughs> Motherhood! It's the nature, it's her life, it's who she is. She's a protector. There's no barriers of resistance, no culture that's going to stop her. Great mothers are empowered by great love. Her daughter had a demon. Unclean, immoral in nature and activity. I can't even imagine the, 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 the grief in her heart and the sorrow that had plagued her these years and while this one doesn't reference it, we know there were those that reference it where they sought every avenue that there was. <laughs> and yet it didn't work. She heard about Jesus. Some people have heard about Jesus and I'm concerned about at what they heard because they're not running to him. When you hear the right things about Jesus, you'll run to him. When you understand the right things about Jesus, you know what I mean? I mean, he's going to be first on your list to want to try and get to. You're going to want him part of your life when you really hear the true story about Jesus. I'm very respectful and but religion sometimes can do an injustice to the picture of Jesus. We're not throwing religion out, okay? But the true picture of Jesus is going to understand that even if there appears to be resistance there, you heard something about the story of this guy. <laughs> and you can break through those. And you're going to break through not just because of his love, but you're going to break through because of your love. Not your love so much for Jesus because you don't know him fully yet, but for your love for those that have become from your womb. They're part of your life. They're kids. 
They're enslaved. They're going the wrong direction, and somehow the forces of darkness have captured them again. She's storming the gates of hell, let me tell you. But she first starts with the one who has the keys <laughs> to unlock. Hallelujah. That's what it takes is, you know, let's go get the master key. Woo, somebody, <laughs> listen. Trying all kinds of keys. All you got to do is get the master key. The master key is Jesus Christ. And he unlocked the future early for this woman. Her love is more powerful than her fear. Again, we won't play again the the cultural thing, but fear had to have been present. Her love is more powerful than her shame. Sometimes we're reluctant and you know what I mean we want to expose ourselves so to speak and we won't come because we come right out into the limelight because there are things that have happened you know what I mean whether it's for us or whether it's for those that we're coming for no my daughter's got a demon (laughs) I'm not happy with it I'm not proud about it you know what I mean but listen You know what I mean? I'm not going to let shame get in the way, you know, of her deliverance. It's more about her than it is about me. I might be a woman living in a culture that doesn't accept me, but she's living in a prison of a demonic stronghold. I don't have a right to, but I'm going to take my chances at it. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. You know, just take your chance at Jesus. The prophet wrote, he said, come let us reason together, though your sins be as scarlet. He says, that I'll just make them just as clear and pure as, you know, as can be. Red like crimson, they shall be white as snow. There can be things in your life. Now listen, those colors are representative of there can be things in your life that nothing seems to take the stain out. But you get Jesus there. Hallelujah. And he can take the stain out. He can repair the history. And he can launch you brand new.
Jesus. Jesus. I said a prayer the other night. I was at this meeting and I just, because I want to, I want to balance this thing. And, and I, I said a prayer because I asked the Lord, you know, I, I just don't know how to pray. I was at, I was at, I was at a work meeting. There were, there were people there that drank and there were people there that didn't drink and there were people there that believed and there were people that didn't believe and yet I was supposed to, you know, present the prayer. And, and I say this because I, I got a, a revelation in a sense and maybe you already got it but let me say it so I don't forget it, okay? I said, I said you know, Father, I want to thank you that you loved us so much that you would send and give us your son, Jesus Christ. That you cared about our eternal destiny to such a degree that you would do that for us. And that you were so interested in our daily life and our living that you would go ahead and send the Holy Spirit so that we could have him with us on a daily basis. So we could have direction, you know, we can make the right turns. And we, did, we didn't have to carry our own burdens in life. Do you get that picture? God says, I care about you. I care about eternal destiny, and I care about your daily activity. And I've covered all the bases, bases for you. I go, Hallelujah. Don't let shame, shame that culture might put upon you and shame that what has happened in life to you keep you back from your miracle. Can I ask you something? Can I tell you something? Get a mother on your side. That's right. Get a mother on your side. Jimmy Swaggart, and you know, you know, this is not his mother's fault, <laughs> you know. But you know, God had given him the world, but before he before God gave him the world, he would go out. Jerry E. Lewis was his cousin, and they used to hang out together. And if you know Jerry Lee Lewis, he's he's quite a star. Piano player, you know. He was the first wild man on earth. <laughs> he really was. He was the first, first wild guy on earth. He had more hip movements than Elvis Presley did. You know? But they would go out together, and they were, they were doing their own life. They were doing Jerry Lewis's life. And he would come home at night, you know, and he was in his teen years. And as he walked in, he would hear in his mom's bedroom his mom praying for him. God, because see, he rose, and I know he fell, but he's, you know, God is restoring him. But at the same time, he rose because he, there was a mother in his corner. She wouldn't let the shame of things stop the destiny that God had planned for, for him.
Love was more powerful than her hardships and her sacrifice. Rejection, silence. You don't call. She, mothers, great mothers are armed with great determination. She was not deterred, but was patient even in divine silence. Bible says that he didn't, didn't respond to her, just, he just ignored her. Can you imagine the flood? You know, that your own, you know, mind and emotional well-being, the gates were opened. You stupid. You dumb. You are just like they say. See, you're sitting there free and all, you know, raised up and sitting in the right hand, sitting, you know, in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, you know? She's fighting the dark world of the culture and also darkness. I'm an embarrassment. That's why God made them talkers. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta lighten you up a little bit here. (laughs) Not again. Jesus did not answer. She overcame doubt and discouragement. The disciples, we need to close. We'll we'll, we'll wrap it up, Karen, you know, Mark. uh, Those around the disciples, Jesus didn't say it, but the disciple says, you send her away. Send her away. Good luck. She's a mother. She's a mother. She has the nature of a mother. She didn't let rejection stop her or feeling like an outsider. I'm sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. We kind of covered that already. Your time had not yet come. She passed the test of humility. It's not right to take the children's bread and give it to little dogs. She said, yeah, you're right. But even the little dogs eat the crumbs from the children's table. You talk about being rebuffed. 
but mothers. Mothers. They know the power of prayer. Number one, she acknowledged the Lordship of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that she worshiped him. And I'll tell you, worship is one of those, one of those elements that God just can't help but responding to. Seriously. He will just respond to worship. You'll turn his heart. You'll release his favor. She was convinced of the fact of where she could get the answer from. She said, Lord, son of David. She was, she was not only seeing his present authority, she was seeing his future kingdom. I mean, it's amazing. Throughout her life, somehow, she had learned the promises of God and how that through David there would be one that was coming that would go ahead and fulfill and bring together everything that he had said and she recognized the moment. You want to recognize your moment. Recognize your moment and grasp it. She admits she can't manage her situation without God's help. And she just simply said, Lord, help. Great mothers turn to the great help. And she also confessed not only the need she needed his help, but she said, I need your help, God. My daughter needs it. I need it. Can you imagine the weight, the burden? Mom, would you think for me just a little bit, not because, just because we need to get go here. If everything is working perfectly in your life and with your kids and it's just smooth. Kind of tough to relate. But everything is not working smooth in her. Here's a mother. She's got a crisis. But a crisis that she knows is not impossible if you just go ahead and break through the barriers. You might have some barriers you gotta break through. Not the same as hers. Sometimes there's barriers in our own life. They have come from life, but they've come from with, they're, they're now placed within. They're not outside. Nobody is saying anything. Nobody has put a wall up. But something has transpired and you've went ahead and, 
as a result of that. You've made some barriers. They're just inside. You want to open up your heart? You want to open up your heart to those that are close to you? You know, you're afraid to ask them to pray for you and, and help you? Yeah? Mothers, here's the good news. If God hasn't answered your prayer yet, He's gonna. Because He, you know, there's something about mothers and how God made them and how important mothers are in people's lives that God is going to again bring forth the mothers. Hallelujah. And friend, that is good news. Stand with me today. I got to close. I don't want to overload the responsibility. I want to empower the role this morning. And the, the power that you have in your role, not only with God, but with man. with God but also with man moms you're the best you're the best and we want to thank you sons as a son I want to thank you you know I want to thank you as a pastor you know for your mothers for your mothering. You are a vital part of the present and the future. And I want to commend you for a job well done. Give the Lord a praise this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can better your life by honoring your father and your mother as you go you've done it but do it even more in Jesus name God bless your week Amen you're dismissed thank you for listening to this message from Bible Center Church for more information you can find us online at www.biblectr.org you can also connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Bible CTR.